Average Golfers Unite. This is Nick's Golf Guy Podcast Round 12, bringing you another avalanche of the Average Golf Guy Illumination, an injection to stimulate you for the game we all love and sometimes hate. So stick around. Average Golfers Unite, welcome to Round 12 of Nick's Golf Guy Podcast, a podcast designed for average golfers like me. I'm Nick McLennan, coming to you from Virginia Beach, Virginia today. I'm really excited about this round of Nick's Golf Guy Podcast, and glad you could join me. We're going to be covering golf news, what is happening on the PGA Tour, and I have a special round today as I return to Cypress Point Golf Club with a round of golf interview and course review with former Virginia Tech Hokie golfer Jessica Spicer. Really looking forward to it. We have that and much more on this round 12 of Nick's Golf Guy podcast. So let's get things going with this week's Off the Tee. In golf news highlights this week with the summer heating up and the next major right around the corner, Tiger Woods was spotted in Oklahoma. On the PGA Tour, the Mexico Open was held in Mexico this past weekend, where the Spaniard, John Rahm, pulled off the win, taking him $1.3 million of the $7.3 million purse. A Sunday 69 was the Spaniard's highest score of the week, but he never f- trailed en route to his seventh PGA Tour win and first win since last summer at Torrey Pines. On the LPGA Tour, Marina Alex surges with a Sunday 66 for the win at Palos Verdes Championship for her second career LPGA win. The American won by a shot over world number one Jin Young Ko for her first win since 2018. Congratulations, Marina. This week's tourney coming up, May 5 through 8, is the Wolves Fargo Championship at TPC Potomac, Potomac, Maryland. Rory McIlroy is the defending champion, and the purse is a measly $9 million. Speaking of money, top three moneymakers on the PGA Tour. Number three, Sam Burns holds on tight with $4,402,731. The Aussie Cameron Smith comes in number two on the moneymaker machine, $6,691,487. And the number one moneymaker on the tour thus far is Mr. Scotty Scheffler, the man from Texas, pulling in $10,138,062. Congratulations, guys. Top three golfers in the world. Number three, Colin Morikawa from the United States. Really great guy. Number two, the Spaniard, John Rahm, clings to number two. And the number one golfer in the world yet again, the Texas A&M Aggie, Scotty Scheffler. That's going to be it for this round of the short game. Now let's head on over to Nick's Golf Guy interview and course review. And this round's the drive. Welcome to Nick's Golf Guy interview. We return to Cypress Point Golf Course this week with my special guest, former Virginia Tech Hokie average golfer extraordinaire, Jessica Spicer. Jessica, how are you doing today? I'm pretty good. Thanks good. for having me. Good, good. Thanks for thanks for joining us today. Uh, Jessica, Jessica and I played around here at Cypress Point. We'll get to that uh, a little later. But first, Jessica, I did some research via the Virginia Tech Sports website, and I can tell you I was pretty impressed with your resume. But uh, first thing I want to ask you is, how did you get involved with uh, golf? What what does uh, what was what was the thing that sparked your interest in the game? 
So uh, when I was seven years old, my dad had just picked up the game and started playing recreationally. And he took me and my twin sister, Sarah, out to play. And we just kind of clicked with it. And we really liked it. And we loved playing with each other and with our dad. And just kind of took it from there and got better and better. And it worked out pretty well for us. That's awesome. <laughs> That's great. So um, when you know go you did you play in high school or did, was it just kind of fun with with your friends and your your family your sister and dad or or how did you progress through through before your collegiate career began so we started in play, playing in tournaments my sister and i when we were about nine years old and just little u.s kids tournaments local stuff and then we eventually got into our uh, Carolina's Golf Association played in their tournaments and we had a league called the Peggy Kirk Bell Tour uh -huh. which is still going and kind of growing now but we we were in some of the early years of that and then played in high school my high school actually didn't have a girls team so played on the boys team which was fun my sister and I were like the only two girls pretty much really which was fun <laughs> how, how did that work out did it did it did it improve your game playing with uh, guys on the mm -hmm. team or I think it was good because we played the same tees as them, which is pretty much the distance that like we played in college. Right. So I think it was good preparation for that versus playing, you know, the red tees, right. what girls teams would play. So yeah, we, we loved it and it's always fun to beat the boys. That's so. awesome. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Girl power, I guess, exactly. right? Yeah. <laughs> or women power, but whatever. Um, that's great. Uh, so um, let's move on to, you know, your high school career. And uh, how did you go from you're originally from uh, the Durham area down in, in North Carolina? How did you end up at Virginia Tech in Blacksburg? Mm -hmm. So just playing in the tournaments that I played in, you know, coaches reached out to me. I reached out to some coaches and just got an email from Virginia Tech and started looking into it and you know growing up in the Durham area was big into the ACC and everything and so I really liked that it was an ACC school and then my sister and I wanted somewhere that we could go together and both play um, and so you know they made offers for both of us to play there and we really liked it you know it was a good good distance from home not too close not too far um, and and kind of had the promise of being a new program and so that was kind of a risk but also something that was really exciting and you know we really liked the school and just went on a visit and just kind of fell in love with it that's so, awesome yeah that is awesome let's go um, back to your freshman year mm -hmm. you you've accepted you've been accepted at Virginia Tech golf program um, how did your relationship with Carol Robertson your coach mm -hmm. at Virginia Tech um, play out throughout your four years of college college golf? It definitely just grew stronger and stronger. You know, when you come in as a freshman, me meeting with your coach and talking to your coach is a little intimidating because, you know, obviously you want to do everything right and you want to impress them. But the more that I got to know Coach Robertson, you know, she's just a really nice person and she really wanted the best for all of her players. And so, you know, we developed a really good relationship in the time that we were there. And, you know, I still talked to her and went back to a football game this year and sat with her. And it was kind of fun being not in the player coach dynamic anymore. Right. <laughs> it was yeah. a different experience. But yeah, she was awesome. I really enjoyed, you know, I think we kind of developed together, you know, because she was just starting the program and figuring things out as she went. And, you know, I was coming in as a freshman, so I was in the same boat. Um, but yeah, it was it was great. Interesting. Yeah, we did discuss this on the course a little bit mm -hmm. as you when you came in as a freshman 
Carol Robertson was just taking over mm-hmm. at the as a ladies golf program uh, coach there, and you said you saw the progress as her as a coach as well as the the program through your three or four years. Yeah, definitely. You know, there was things that I noticed that she did differently from our freshman year. And as we progressed and got better and better, you know, kind of things that she learned, you know, ways to structure practice and just rest days and stuff like that. And and even just, you know, her relationship with us as players, I think, kind of developed. And, and it was really cool to see, you know, that growth in, you know, both her and Coach Abbott in their coaching abilities and, you know, how, how it kind of matched up with how we progress as a team was really cool. Oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Great. That is fantastic. So um, one quick question uh, that, you know, to kind of tack on to that. Um, I played around with you today, and one question I, I do need to ask is, uh, what drives you uh, to put in the hard work to become a better golfer? That's a good question. Um, I think ultimately it's just an enjoyment of the game. You know, that can kind of come and go, as we talked about on the course yeah. today. Golf can be a very frustrating sport. Yeah. Um, so there's definitely days that I don't feel like getting out there. And I would say at that point, it's just knowing that that's what I need to do to get better that kind of pushes me. And with golf, I'm sure, you know, all the average golfers can attest, once you kind of taste that success, you just want to get back there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, so once I started having some success in my golf career, I was like, yeah, this is really cool. This is fun. I want to do this more often. Right. And, you know, so that that pushes me to get out here. But it's also just, you know, I love it. I love the game. I right. love the challenge that, you know, you could be playing great one day and then come back the next day and you don't have it. All over, all <laughs> and, over the place like me on right. the back nine. But we will, we'll get to that later. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, yeah, so every day is different. And I love being outside and, you know, I just – I love the game. And so that kind of brings me back every day. Right on. Well, Mm -hmm. that's fantastic. That's great for, you know, to encourage other golfers, you know, maybe a little younger than you to really take that, that step and that focus and take it to the course for sure. Um, Are you still playing? And now that you're out of, out of your collegiate career, are you still playing golf competitively? Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. I've got uh, kind of a full summer schedule lined up um, starting next week, basically with the, uh, U.S. Open qualifier up at Bellhaven Country Club, and then I'm playing in the U.S. or the VSGA Women's Four Ball with my sister the weekend after that. And my sister and I actually just got back from Puerto Rico playing in the USGA Women's Amateur Four Ball Tournament, which was really awesome. <laughs> so yeah, still still doing it and still loving it. Right on, right on. Now you mentioned your sister. Your sister had played at Virginia Tech with you as well. You two are very close. Decided to go there together, right? Correct. Yeah, we are we are identical twins, <laughs> and uh, we're very identical. You know, we've kind of gotten a little more different as time goes on. But yeah, she played there also, and it was a great experience. We've always played in pretty much all the same tournaments and she's actually playing in the u.s open qualifier as well well that's so exciting good fun. the yeah. old family affair up there exactly. cool. <laughs> well, we'll and nick's golf guy podcast will be following that for sure <laughs> absolutely um what are the biggest challenges uh with your game in tournament play uh you know we talked about le- let's admit putting was difficult more for me than for you today but you were <laughs> Um, you know, is it is it putting when you're out on tournament play, or is it your your drive, your short game? What what, what is it that you struggle with mm-hmm. more the, so than not when you're playing competitive golf? I think for me, the biggest challenge is probably mental. 
you know, there's a lot of stuff that I'll do out here. Like I hardly missed a fairway today, you know, and then when I get in tournaments, I'm like, I know that I can do that, but why can't I do it right now? You right. know, I think it just ultimately is mentally a little bit challenging for me. I think I struggled with that in my college career, knowing that it wasn't just me out there. I was playing for a team and that was kind of some extra pressure that I, I struggled with in the beginning. I think I was kind of figuring it out towards the end of my career, how to just handle that, you know, but I would say that's probably the biggest thing for me. It's not any one aspect of my game particularly. It's just kind of mentally doing what I know that I can do when it counts. Got ya. Wow. I can tell you um, after today's round, I'll never play competitively in anything ever <laughs> insofar as golf is concerned, no doubt. So um, earlier this week, I called your old coach, uh, Carol Robertson, to ask her a couple of questions about you. And uh, just kind of wanted to get, get an idea of what, what kind of golfer uh, you were at Virginia Tech. And I asked her three questions. And I'll ask you the same questions. Um, uh, what, what was the one out – wait, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, what type of golfer uh, during your collegiate career from her first round of golf to the last round do you feel uh, she evolved into? Wow, that's a really good question. And so I'm asking you, like, from – yeah, from your, your freshman year walking on – um, to, to the Virginia Tech campus, and then mm -hmm. to the very end, what as as you look at yourself, how did what mm -hmm. did you evolve into? I think that I would say I was a pretty solid player. Like I think that I was somebody for the most part that my team could count on. You know, and they knew that no matter what, I was going to give it my all. And even if I didn't have my best, I was going to fight and try to shoot the best score that I could. <laughs> you know, so I like to think that especially by the end of my senior year. You know, I struggled a little bit my last semester coming off of the COVID break. Um, but my my fourth year, I guess, my original senior year, I felt like I was just really solid for the team. You know, somebody that they could count on to put a good number up, you know, which is really important in college golf, uh, especially, you know, maybe even more so than individual golf because you just you need those four scores you know you need four solid scores to do well so I like I like to think that I I kind of provided that <laughs> yeah I think if I remember correctly I'll have to check my notes but I think that's exactly what Carol Robertson really? told me <laughs> yeah she was like you're uh just out on the course every day with a great attitude putting in the hard work um and she did mention she said it was and I'll just go ahead and compliment you on this because it was her who said it and now I can see why after after playing with you she said um overall uh it was just seeing her not so much who she was on the course but off the course and as a leader for the mm -hmm. team and knowing that we could rely on her and she was the one always out there really putting in uh the hard work consistently mm -hmm. so That's that was awesome. interesting that you two came up with the same same uh same answer uh, -huh. uh the one thing that stands out in your career uh, that immediately comes to mind when you're at Virginia Tech specifically um, through that four-year process, mm -hmm. five-year process, whatever it is now. Um, what was that one that one thing that stood out in your career that, you know, when you say, hey, what what'd you do at Virginia Tech? And you can say, I did this. Mm -hmm. I think definitely making the national championship my last year um, being the first time that we had done it as a program was pretty awesome. And even the first year that we made regionals, which was my sophomore year, 
that was pretty awesome too. And getting actually right here in Virginia Beach at Princess Anne, uh, we got our first team win there. So I think that's probably as a team, kind of what stands out to me was just being a part of all those first time moments for you know the history of the team forever. You know, right. I was a part of that first team that accomplished those things, and I think that's kind of the best memory to me. Sure, you know? absolutely, certainly something mm-hmm. to be proud of for sure, absolutely. Um, and then uh, this one might be a little bit difficult. This question here for you, but um, I'm I kind of just put it together in my head when I was thinking about it, and, and it's something I want I personally want to know. Um, if you were to tell the golf world one thing about yourself what would it be now let me picture give you the the big picture tiger woods is listening to this podcast right now (laughs) everybody in the pga lpga world is listening to this right now what would you tell them about you that is a hard question (laughs) um i think that if there's one thing that i you know wanted everybody to know about me it's just that i'm always out there giving it my best you know or at least I try to be um you know I probably don't always get it right I don't always make the right decisions but you know even when it comes down to practicing and working on my game I'm always just trying to do what's going to make me the best golfer and you know I try to do the same thing when I'm out there on the course you know make smart decisions and you know really just give it my all mentally and physically and you know that's you can't always control the outcome but I try to do the best that I can at controlling the process and making it the best that I can there you go there you heard it golf world (laughs) Jessica is bringing her a game fantastic that's a great answer i i couldn't agree with you more after playing with you today um you're uh you work and play a pretty regular basis here at uh cypress point does this core course help prepare you for the uh for the tourney play that you're in i think it does i mean it provides there's definitely some challenging holes out there and there are some scorable holes so i think it gives a good variety i hit basically every club in my bag when I'm playing out here and that's a good thing you know a lot of good practice for different situations and you know there there's some pretty tricky shots out here sure (laughs) absolutely um and so I think it definitely helps yeah okay great that's great um Jessica thanks for sharing your insight on uh the wide wide world of golf I appreciate you being here now let's um kind of switch gears we played around this morning and um under some pretty cloudy skies it got better as the day went on, um, but uh, what do you think about the first uh, the front nine here at uh, at Cypress Point? You know, I really I'm I'm probably a little bit biased, but <laughs> I really like this golf course. You know, I think it's like I said, it's challenging, but it's also scorable. Um, and you know, I think there's some really good holes out there, and you know, we had some good holes and some bad holes. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah we did. Me more than you, for sure. But yeah, so let's jump ahead um, to the uh, sixth hole, right? Sixth hole. That's a mm-hmm. par five. Par four. That's a par mm-hmm. four. I always like to long think it's a par four. five. It's yeah. a long par four. <laughs> I didn't play that one too bad, but it kind of uh, you kind of got to hit your drive out, and and then it kind of. Like more of a gradual left flank, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they use that word, yeah, that term. Yeah, like dog leg left. Dog leg left. Is that, what, yeah. is that what it's called? <laughs> I didn't know if that was the, the term all the time for that. So mm, that's, I'm gonna, It's uh, my go-to term The go-to for that. term. So dog legs <laughs> left. 
and then kind of elevated green, isn't mm-hmm. it? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, a little bit. But you crushed your second shot and put it about four feet from the hole, maybe? I did, yeah. I hit, I hit a really good drive on that hole. Um, Nick told me that we were going to talk about that on the podcast. <laughs> so I was like, hey, give give the world something good to hear about absolutely, my golf game. Absolutely. <laughs> so I hit a really good drive, and I only had like 130 yards left. Um, it was a little bit downwind, so I actually hit a pitching wedge, which is, that's a long pitching wedge for me, but, you know, the greens are kind of firm right now, and, and I just hit it exactly like I drew it up in my head, and it landed on the green and bounced up pretty close. It was a, it was a nice birdie. shot. I was there to see it, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> let me tell you. Um, yeah, I didn't do too well. I didn't do too bad on that, but I didn't do too well uh, on, I think I double bogeyed that one. Yeah. So It's a tough hole. It's a tough hole. It's a tough hole. It's, a tough hole. it's the third Third hardest, third hardest on the course, I think. Third yeah. hardest on the course. Um, but let, let, let's take a break real quick and uh, talk about that. How do you uh, how do you feel the greens were today? We talked about that. Mm-hmm. They were running a little slow a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. and now not so slow. Yeah, they're definitely getting faster. They're still a little slower than what I'm used to playing in like my tournaments and stuff. But they're very smooth. I mean, they've recovered really well from when they got punched a couple weeks ago. And so, yeah, they're pretty true. Yeah. And, you know, if you miss a putt, that's on you. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll, we'll get to that a little later on um, in, in the show, uh, what I was doing. There's a name for it, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> um, on to the hardest hole in the course. On the, it, was, it is on the front nine. It's at uh, – par four it's a it's a actually it's a par six that they scaled back to a par four in my personal average golfer opinion uh it's uh the seventh hole here and it is a long drive to the dog lake right sand bunker midway which my ball found and then it's just a forever shot to get to the green from the turn, right? Yeah, it it normally plays really long. I think the fairways are pretty firm right now, so I got fortunate that I didn't have as long of a shot as I sometimes do into that, and we also got lucky today that six and seven were both playing downwind. Right. Normally, those holes play into the wind, which it's it's a whole other ball game when you get that going on. Yeah. But it's, it's no fun standing yeah. on that particular tee box with the oh, wind no. in your face. Definitely sure. not. <laughs> it's very daunting. Yes, for sure, for sure. But you played that well. Did you par that one? I did, yeah. yeah I actually had a birdie putt. Um, I hit another good drive, and then I hit an eight iron into that green, and I had about probably 10 or 12 feet for birdie and just I think left it a little bit out to the right kind of overread the break but you know I'll take a tap in par on sure. that hole any day <laughs> all day long <laughs> right. and then some good lord that's a like an early Christmas present exactly, if I could par that exactly. par that hole for sure <laughs> and then we went on to the uh eighth hole which is I actually played that a lot better uh than I normally do normally my ball ends up in the water there's a the drink is kind of hidden a little bit to the right of that that hole right there mm-hmm. but i ended up in the trap if the trap wasn't there it would have been in the water right. so i gotta saved by the bunker saved by the bunker <laughs> and i do believe i bogeyed that hole how did you do on the eighth today i let's see i made a par just kind of an average par oh no i hit my second shot in the bunker on oh, the left right. tried to yeah. be a little too aggressive getting close to that green and I hit it in the bunker that's about 60 yards away from the green which is you know everybody's favorite shot in golf a 60 yard bunker shot and let me tell you <laughs> my fellow average golfers out there if you want to learn how to hit a 60 yard bunker shot come in to Cypress Point and play with Jessica 
Spicer. Because <laughs> she crushed it out of well the, out, yeah, you crushed <laughs> it out of that bunker and right onto the green. I it did. was beautiful. Yeah, I had about maybe 10 or 12 feet again for birdie and just missed it again, which was the story of my day. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was tough watching your putts. Some, sometimes they were just so close and just <laughs> missing. Um, so let's move on to the back nine. This is where uh, I completely fell apart. I shot a 46 on the front nine, which is really good for me as the average golfer that I am. And you hit par 36. 36. Mm -hmm. She hit par on the front nine. And then we went on to the back nine and my clubs all disappeared and stopped <laughs> doing their job. Uh, you, on the other hand, continued uh, to play uh, quite well. Um, and we did talk about the 13th hole, the up in uh, kind of the blind is it the 13th hole where it kind of goes up and then drops 12, down 12, number 12. Hole. yeah mm -hmm. number 12 mm -hmm. um i played that miserably but you however played that very very well i did i played it pretty textbook i just hit a nice drive up there kind of right side of the fairway and then i hit a six iron about hole high maybe a little just over 20 feet and just lagged it up there and made a nice easy par yep which is you know talking about it on the tee box I was happy with par. So. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I, on the other hand, was all over. I was, um, I think I was on my sixth shot by the time you were done putting. So it was another good. Getting back, your money's worth. Getting on that my hole. money's worth yeah, on that back hole. Uh, now let's move on to the uh, 16th hole, right? Mm -hmm. This is, this one is an annoying challenge to any golfer that plays this course. Why do you think that is? It's, it's a very tight little tee shot. It's a sharp dog leg left. So on the scorecard, it's a very short hole, and you would think it's going to be easy, but it's not. Um, so there's out of bounds and trees on the left, pretty, pretty close to the fairway. And then the whole right side kind of slopes down and to the right into a hazard over there. Um, and then there's kind of trees that stick out. So if you don't hit your tee shot far enough, you can be blocked out. So you kind of got to navigate all that trouble. And, you know, so if you can just hit a good one up there, then you just have a short little wedge in and it's right. an easy hole. But you got to get there. And that's what you did. <laughs> right. That's that's what I did on this particular day. Um, yes. So that's that's what you strive for. But it doesn't always happen. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And you parred that, that hole I again. I did make okay. a par. Yeah. It is. You know what? If you do set yourself up for with a decent drive on mm -hmm. that you can really d d like birdie right. or par that hole if you yeah. you know it's pretty it, much all about getting that tee shot into a good position yeah the tee shot is absolutely key makes yeah. a big difference for yeah. sure for sure then we go on to the 17th which i was dreading from hole one because i've, <laughs> I've played cypress point and it ha it's basically a water shot i mean you're just hitting it over Mm -hmm. the water yeah it's one of the only aside from number eight one of the main holes on this course that really has prominent water in play and it's you know it's pretty visually intimidating when you stand up there on the tee box yeah <laughs> yeah exactly and you dropped it right on the green beautiful I did. shot I, did. I on the other hand boinked a tree and my ball just disappeared <laughs> so another drop for me um, I think my golf game when it comes to water is automatic drop. I don't mm -hmm. even think I should. If there's water <laughs> don't around waste me, the yeah, ball. don't even waste the ball anymore. <laughs> I think I, I need to draw a line in the sand with my golf yeah. game at this point. <laughs> but you did hit a really good shot, it to was. be fair. Yeah. Just caught the tree. Yeah. Barely. Barely. Yeah. Yeah. And but. then just dropped out of sight. But is what it is, right? <laughs> um, and then on to the long 18, we discussed that tree mm -hmm. that as you approach the the uh the green there's that that tree that just sticks out and we agree that it, tree. yeah pesky yeah. little tree but you your second shot was 
absolutely amazing mm -hmm. dropping it right up kind of just uh, short of the green just side, short of bunker. The green side yeah. bunker yeah and then you you uh popped it on and you parred that i made the birdie you made the birdie made that's right you made the birdie you made the putt <laughs> that's right right to finish strong yep yep nothing like birdie in the last hole to keep you coming back there you go <laughs> i'm ready for the next round right exactly exactly <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Jessica. I appreciate it uh, uh, for doing the course review um, here at Cypress Point. It is a beautiful day here in Virginia Beach, um, and we had a great, great time. I look forward to playing with you here and other places as well. Yeah. Um, and good luck on the tournament. Uh, but I'd like to move on um, to our short game. Uh, there's a couple of uh, uh, golf terms that I um, researched the worldwide uh, web, which is known as the internet now. Uh -huh. When it was first came out, it was the World Wide Web. But um, there's uh, I, this is part of my show where I do um, golf language lessons, and it kind of <clears throat> encourages my fellow golfers to learn new golf terms. So I'm going to kind of play it off you this time, okay. and I'm going to give you the term and see if you've heard it and you know what it is. Okay, all right, I'm ready. All right, all right. the first golfer language the first golf word of the golf language lesson is barber do you know what a barber is in regards to golf i know what a barber is in outside of golf <laughs> but i have never heard that referring to golf okay what does it mean me, me either until recently a barber is someone in your foursome who talks a lot during your round it's a barber okay so i've Okay, I, that makes sense. And I've definitely played with those people. I just didn't know what they are. There now I know. This guy's such a barber. Well, I like shut that. up. I like that. <laughs> All right. So the next term in our golf language lesson, and I referred to this a little bit earlier of how my kind of back nine went in my game, is army golf. Army golf. Do you know what army golf is? I have heard that one left and right. Left the, and right. The two-way miss. The two-way miss? <laughs> Explain. So I, if I'm understanding this correctly, the way that I've always um, imagined army golf is, you know, like in the army, they, they chant like left, right, left, right. And so when a golfer starts hitting, you know, one shot left and then the next shot right and then the next shot left and can't get it going down the middle. Okay. That is my understanding of army golf. Of army golf. Okay. Yes. Well, that's a great explanation. <laughs> And let's, let's see what my, my definition here says. It says, if someone uses the term in your direction, which is what you probably would have done mm -hmm. with me today, you probably needed to up your putting game. Oh, interesting. This refers to, yeah, this refers to a common situation that golfers face during putting where they go back and forth past the hole. Okay, that's another good use of that term. There you go. <laughs> I, I think there, it's a dual meaning. It's a dual meaning. This often occurs when a golfer... When golfers cannot make their putts and keep overhitting their shot, which causes them to army golf back and forth from each side of the hole. Yeah, I've, I've definitely witnessed that. Yes. Now you, I know what to call you, it. You've never played army oh, golf? I've, I've done it. It's oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we won't talk about that. Okay, we'll, we'll let that slide then, right. Okay, and then the final golf guy, golf lesson term of the week with Miss Jessica Spicer here is chili dip. What is chili dip? Well, that is an unfortunate thing that we don't even really want to think about. But um, when you hit a chip and, you know, a golf chip and kind of like what you would do with a, an, a chip that you would eat, you know, and you kind of scoop under it uh -huh. and the ball goes like a foot in front of you and right. then you have the same shot again, which you just chili dipped. 
And so you want to try not to do that again. You but. are absolutely <laughs> correct. That is exactly what it I didn't know this until I did my little research. And uh -huh. I was like, I'm going to try to throw a couple of curveballs. <laughs> and if you hear the term, you may want to put in some work on your swing. A chili dip is a fun term for those who put a large divot in the ground with their chip swing. Yep. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever chili dipped before. I'm sure I have. Consider yourself lucky. Yes. You haven't. I'm sure I have. I'm sure I have. I, have. <laughs> I don't do it often, but it does happen. Right on, right on. So um, one quick last question. Is there anything in particular you said earlier you're going to um, – uh, for the, the U.S. Open qualifier. The U.S. Open qualifier. Thank you. Um, is there anything in particular you're uh, focusing on with your game uh, to prepare for that? Um, I think just obviously putting because um, you got to make a lot of putts in qualifiers like mm -hmm. that. So just trying to get more confidence in my putting and then just kind of mentally preparing to try to feel like I've done all that I can do to get ready and then just go out there and see what happens. And, you know, that's all you can do in something like that. Right on. That's all you can do. Well, uh, good luck to you. We'll all be pulling for you here in Virginia Beach and around the globe for uh, for you to hit the qualifier and, and get on the tour. That would be fantastic. Awesome. Well, I appreciate that. All right. Thank you very much. Great. Jessica, thank you so much for joining me here on Nick's Golf Guy Podcast. I really appreciate it. And uh, hopefully in the future we can meet up again for another round and uh, and talk golf. Absolutely. I had a blast today. Thanks okay. for having me. Thank you very much. Take care. You too. Man, what a great round today. And now on to the question of the week here on Nick's Golf Guy podcast. What are the top three excuses average golfers make after a bad shot? Top three excuses average golfers make after a bad shot. Name in town, name in town. Golf Guy Nick 757 at gmail.com. GolfGuyNick757 at gmail.com. Let me know what you think. Name and town. Right on. That is going to be it for round 12 of Nick's Golf Guy podcast. I want to thank you for listening. I want to thank Keith King, the operator here at Cypress Point, for all the support, as well as my very special guest, Jessica Spicer, who made Golfing Today extra special. I'll be back with the round 13 next week of Nick's Golf Guy podcast, the podcast for average golfers like me. Until then, my fellow average golfers, tee times, tee offs, and better scores for a happy average golfer life.